Thanks for joining us at Reveal, a Jesus-centered community. To learn more about us and what's going on, check us out on the web at www.revealvineyard.com. We hope in the minutes to come, you're able to find God, find others, and find yourself. Thanks again for listening. Well, we start a new series uh, today with a new year, uh, and uh, it is uh, something I'm always excited uh, to do. My... uh, my, a, uh, my ADD kind of kicks in if I'm on a series too long. I'm always excited when we start something new. Uh, but with the new year comes new hope for a new you. Uh, this is why we make resolutions. Resolutions are really about the future you, uh, the future life or a future experience that you're hoping to grasp onto. Resolutions represent the hope of forward movement. The idea is to move from me 1.0 to me 2.0. Resolutions are about closing the gap between who I am and who I want to be. Uh, Resolutions are all about embracing the future, that we recognize that there is something out there, a better version of me, there is a better life waiting for me uh, that I want to grasp onto and step towards. That's why we're excited about the new year. It represents leaving the old and grasping onto the new. When we were children, we would use the phrase, when I grow up. And when I grow up represented the life that you wanted. It represented who you wanted to become, what you wanted to be, uh, what you wanted to be, what you wanted to experience. And, And we all did it. We all used that phrase. It is unique to humans. In other words, my dogs have never had a when I grow up moment. Now, they have had a when the owner goes to bed, I'm getting the bread off the counter moment, but they've never had a when I grow up moment. It's unique to humans. I think it's been placed in us by our creator. There is something in us that that craves traction moving forward. There's something in us that needs to believe that tomorrow will be better than today. We crave meaning and destiny. And regardless of who you are, Regardless of where you're from, regardless of your education, regardless of your religious background, here's one thing that we have in common. All of us are hoping and praying that 2019 will be the best year ever. All of us have that in common, that we want this to be the best year ever. But here's what we know, is that best does not happen by accident. They just don't kind of fall into best. The best year ever in my finances doesn't happen by mistake. Best year ever in my marriage or in my relationships uh, doesn't happen by coincidence. Best year ever as a parent isn't something that you just fall into. Best year ever in my spiritual growth doesn't happen by following the flow of culture. It just doesn't occur by accident. And so over the next several weeks, we're going to be unpacking this idea of how we can position, and that's an important word, how we can position ourselves for growth and for this to be the best year ever. Now, position is important because we're never going to be able to control all of the circumstances of life. There will always be surprises, unforeseen circumstances, but we can position ourselves to leverage the time, right? To to move us towards the people that we want to be and to position ourselves for blessing. Read Psalm 1 today. The beginning of Psalm 1 is all about positioning ourselves to be the people that God wants us to be, that we want to be, and positioning ourselves for blessing. So we're going to talk about how do we position ourselves for this to be the best year ever. Years ago, Andy Stanley wrote a book called uh, The 
best question ever, learning to foolproof your life. He said the book was birthed out of years of counseling, and he began to think, is there a filter or something that I can use, that I can put in the hands of those that I am counseling, that will help them make better decisions in the future, that could help them uh, avoid future regret and foolproof their life. And out of that search came what Stanley says is the centerpiece of all decision-making. A question that has the potential to revolutionize the way we make decisions and position ourselves for this to be the best year ever. Because here's what I know. If you and I want to foolproof our lives at least as much as is possible, we must discover this important question and begin to ask ourselves it before we make decisions. In other words, if you want to foolproof your marriage, if you want to foolproof your finances, if you want to foolproof your future as much as is possible, there is a question that we must ask and answer honestly. Best year ever. Let's jump in. Let's pray. Lord, today, uh, first uh, Sunday of the new year, it represents potential and uh, the future, and it represents the hope of change. It represents leaving the old behind and stepping into the new. And I pray, Holy Spirit, uh, that you would encourage us, excite us about the future that you have for us. Excite us that tomorrow can be better than today. Lord, stir in us anticipation and faith. Stir in us trust to not lean upon our own understanding, but to trust in you. And so I pray that you would position all of us, Lord, that this can be the best year ever. Lord, we uh, approach you in an attitude of worship as we open up your word to hear from you. We approach you in an attitude of worship, even through our giving, uh, which is difficult. Lord, our, our, our culture says to hoard for ourselves. Your scripture says to give generously and to put you first in finances. And so we make that decision at this moment, to place you first, even in our finances, even through our giving. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, we're going to be in Ephesians 5, best year ever. It is the Apostle Paul speaking to the church at Ephesus, where he says this, Look carefully, then, how you walk. Look carefully, then, how you walk. The Apostle Paul is giving us a warning, the same warning that should be posted at every local dog park, and that is, be careful where you step. That's what he's saying. Be careful where you step. In other words, keep your eyes open, remain alert, keep your head on a swivel, because if you step in it, it will stink up your life. That's what he's telling us. We're going to unpack that in a little bit. You're going to see exactly, right? Look carefully where you step, because if you step in it, some stink is hard to get off you. Some of us know that all too well, right? You've been scrubbing for years to just try to get that stank away from you. And this is what Paul is saying, is that be careful, look carefully where you walk, look carefully how you live, where you step. The idea is to avoid something physically that will affect us spiritually, meaning that there are things that we can engage in physically that will actually affect us spiritually. Galatians 6, 7 says, don't be deceived, God's not mocked. Whatever you sow, you will reap it. He says, the one who sows to the flesh will reap from the flesh corruption. But the one who sows to the Spirit will reap eternal life. In other words, don't fool yourself. He says, if you step in it, the smell's going to linger. That's what, that's what he's saying. That be careful where you step because the smell will go with you. So scripture tells us, when choosing your path, 
when choosing your path for 2019, listen now, when choosing your path for 2019 and you're stepping forward, Scripture tells us that when you step into the great unknown, choose your path because there are things out there that can harm you. Don't be careless in how you're living your life. In other words, gather accurate information for what is around you. Look at the rest of the passage. Look carefully then how you walk, not as unwise, but as wise. He draws a distinction. Careless living is unwise living. Careful living is wise living. In other words, he's saying don't be unwise this year. Look before you step. Don't step and then wonder what's going to happen. Look, keep your head on a swivel, be alert before you step, right? Don't head out on a whim. Don't head down a a path without any thought of your future and what you're planning on and what you want your future to look like. Look at verse 16. Making the best use of time. Other translations say making the most of every opportunity. Paul's saying, look, this is our greatest commodity. It is time. You can always make more money, you can always make more friends, but you can never make more time. And so Paul says, use your time wisely. Redeem the time that you've been given. I know when we're younger, we feel like time lasts forever. Right? It seemed like Christmas was always an eternity away. But the older you get, somewhere around 30, you begin to realize that time is flying by. Hey, does 2018 seem like like it just flew by faster than any year ever? It does to me. I mean, where did it go? Forget about global warming. We should be worried about like global clocking. I don't know what we call it, but it seems time is speeding up. And 2018 was gone like that. And guess what? 2019 will be gone in the same way. And so Paul said, look, time passes quickly. Be careful. Use your time wisely. Redeem your time. And then verse 16, making the best use of time. Here's why. Because the days are evil. He says, look around you. Be careful where you step, because if you step in it, the smell will linger with you. Look around. Be careful, because things are nasty out there, right? This could have been written yesterday instead of some 2,000 years ago. Here's the warning. As followers of Christ, we cannot afford to be unwise Because we live in a time that if you just lift up your feet and go with the flow of current, it will lead you somewhere that you do not want to be. And so Paul, unpacking this even 2,000 years ago, how much more true is it today, says that if you just lift up your feet, if you are careless and if you are unwise and lift up your feet and allow the current of culture to just carry you, you will be somewhere, you will land somewhere that you never intended to be. So he says, make the best use of your time. Look around, be careful where you step because the days are evil. And you want, and I want, 2019 to be the best year ever. And best doesn't happen by going with the flow. Because the flow don't know. You can coin that one, right? The flow don't know, right? Hey, if you lift up your feet and just go with the flow financially, you know where that's going to land you, right? Did you know that uh, uh, the, the debt for American families reached $420 billion late last year. It's up 5% from the year prior. That's where the flow's going. If you want to go with the flow uh, morally, you know where that's going. 
If you just go with the flow in your relationships, right? The flow says be consumed with yourself. Look out for number one. If you, the flow don't know. And so Paul's saying, look, if you just kind of lift up your feet, you're going to end up somewhere you don't want to be because the days are evil. And then he wraps up his thought. He says, therefore, do not be foolish, but understand what the will of the Lord is. Do not be foolish by thinking you know more than your creator. Don't think that you can manipulate the circumstances to, to, to have a different outcome. Don't be stupid is what he's saying. Think this through. Now, packed into this verse, into these verses, is the solution to foolproofing our lives and to living a regret-free life as much as possible. Here's what he's saying. If you want to position yourself for the life that you desire, if you want to position yourself for the life that God desires to give you, if you want to position yourself so 2019 is better than 2018, if you want to foolproof your life as much as possible, you will need something more than good luck. You will, you're not going to like it when I tell you, because it's going to seem too simple. You will need wisdom. You will need wisdom. This is what he says in verse 15. Therefore, do not be foolish. Go to the next one. Look carefully then how you walk, not as unwise, but as wise. Listen to what Proverbs says about wisdom. It says, do not forsake wisdom and she will protect you. Love her and she will watch over you. In other words, the litmus test for making decisions in 2019 is not what everyone else is doing. The litmus test for making decisions in 2019 is not what is legal. It's not what I can get away with. The litmus test for making decisions in 2019 is a question that will revolutionize your decision making. And that question is, what is the wise thing to do? If you, and we're going to unpack this a little bit. If you want to regret proof 2019, start by asking the question, what is the wise thing for me to do? And every option, every opportunity, every decision, every person you invite into your life, every large purchase that you make, start by asking the question, what is the wise thing for me to do? Now, we're going to dig deeper into this, and we're going to kind of attack this from three different angles, so it kind of sticks with us. All right, here's the first thing. What is wise? In light of my past experience... What is the wise thing to do? Stanley unpacks this where he says that each of us has a unique past. Your past is not my past. My past is not your past. Your past makes up who you are, both your good decisions and your not-so-good decisions. Your history, uh, your upbringing, your past decisions predispose you for a unique set of challenges, as do mine, right? Right? Based upon your history, not your brothers, not your spouse, uh, not, not your parents, based upon your history, based upon what you've experienced, based upon what you've lived in light of the proclivities and leaning that you have, ask the question, what is the wise thing to do? With your personal story in mind, what is wise? In light of that thing that derailed me five years ago, what is the wise thing to do? Right? In light of the hole or temptation that I repeatedly fall into, what is the wise thing to do? In light of my biggest regret, what is the wise thing to do? Listen, 2019, you want to foolproof your life? You want this to be the best year ever? When faced with the decision, the first question we should ask ourselves is based upon my past, what I've experienced, what is the wise thing to do? And ask yourself, 
What happened the last time I did this? What happened the last time you drank it? What happened the last time you dated it? What happened the last time he called or she called? What happened the last time you went away on business? The last time you went over to their house? The last time you sat through a timeshare presentation? (laughs) Remember those? Oh, they're good. I'm just going for the three free days, but they're good. The last time you went into Best Buy with a 0% for 24 months, walked out with eight grand worth of gadgets, right? Ask yourself, based upon my history, based upon my past experience, man, this is key. What is the wise thing for me to do? See, this is why history repeats itself, because we want to engage, do the same thing, but think we're going to get a different result. And so it takes a moment to say, in light of my past experience, what is the wise thing to do? Because if you do the same thing, you're most likely going to get the same result. But we lie to ourselves and we say, no, not this time. I can handle it. I can manage it. You can't manage it. You've already proven that. I've already proven that. So based upon your past experience, what is the wise thing to do? Listen, if we want a better future, we have to learn from a stained past. And all of us have a stained past. All of us have stepped in it at some point. The kids, we don't want to keep stepping in it. And so first question on wisdom. In light of my past experience, what is the wise thing to do? Here's the next one. In light of my current circumstances, what is the wise thing to do? In other words, in light of what just happened to me, what is the wise thing for me to do in 2019? Based upon what I just experienced, based upon what I just came out of, in light of my most recent events, what is the wise thing for me to do in 2019? This is a key question. Listen, if you just started a new job, now is not the time to call in sick for a mental health day. You can do that later once you're well established. If you need a mental health day, more power to you. But if you just are not wise to do, right? Got a little raise and you're trying to climb your way out of debt? Not the time to put a deposit down on a new Tesla. But I'm going to save so much money in gas. And do the math. It's never going to add up. Right? In light of your current circumstances, you were just married. Now's not the time to go to lunch with a co-worker of the opposite sex. I know you did it when you were single, but you're married now. And so in light of my current circumstances, in light of what just happened to me, what is the wise thing to do? If you just went through a tough breakup or a tough divorce, what is the wise thing to do? Probably shouldn't be dating right now. I know we're thinking, but what if I meet Mr. Right, Mrs. Right? Well, you're not Mr. or Mrs. Right right now. You need time to heal and to restore. And so in light of what you just experienced... What is the wise thing to do? In light of your uh, uh, class load, what is wise? In light of where you find yourself emotionally, in light of where you find yourself mentally, in light of your current vulnerability, what is the wise thing for you to do this year? In light of your debt load, in light of a growing family, in light of a spouse that's already saying you're spending too much time away from the kids, what's the wise thing to do? And we can begin to regret-proof, foolproof our lives by two questions. In light of my past experience, what is the wise thing to do? In light of my current circumstances, what is the wise thing to do? In other words, 
you, you could make this decision five years down the road and you'll be totally fine. But if you make that decision now based upon what you just experienced, it could be catastrophic for you. Because based upon what I'm currently experiencing, what's the wise thing to do? Here's my last point. In light of my future hopes and dreams, what is the wise thing to do? Like your past, the future is unique to you. In other words, you have a specific set of goals that are not my goals. In light of what you want your life, in light of what I want my life to look like next year, five years, ten years later, what is the wise thing for you to do? I tell my kids, if there's anything in my life that you respect, if there's anything in my mother's life, that, in your mother's life, that, that you, uh, that you uh, respect and admire and, and, and want to emulate, want to have in your life, if there's anything about our marriage that you think, I want that kind of relationship at some point, it doesn't happen by accident. And so whatever you want in your future, based upon your future hopes and dreams, what is the wise decision to begin to make today? Because we don't want to burn a future dream based upon a whim today. And so begin to define what is your future hopes? What is your future dreams? I didn't know it at the time, but I had men in my life that spoke into me from a very young age. I became a follower of Christ when I was 14. And they didn't put it in these words, and they weren't as eloquent as, as Stanley was. But they, they, they taught me this principle of based upon my past, based upon my current, and based upon what you want your future to be. What should you be doing now? And so I had men gather around me and say, what do you want your life to look like when you're 35? I began to define that. And they said, then there's some things that you need to stay away from at 16 because they're going to come back and haunt you when you're 35. Based upon your future hopes and dreams, what do you want your life to look? Based upon your future hopes and dreams, what is the wise thing to do now? Let's unpack that just a little bit more. My life today is the sum total of the decisions I made yesterday and last year and the year before and the year before. So it is with you. That means that my life tomorrow will be a representation of the decisions that I make today. Your life a year from now will represent the decisions that you are making now. Based upon your future hopes and dreams, what is the wise thing to do? What may be wise for someone else may not be wise for you. Your brother may be able to make that decision, and it's totally fine for him, but he doesn't have your future hopes and dreams. He doesn't have your past. He doesn't have your current circumstances. You don't want to burn a future dream by what you participate in today. In other words, I will not trade my future on an activity today that one day I'm going to look back on and say, what was I thinking? I'm not going to burn my future because I'm with someone that in two years I won't even be with anymore. Define Define your future hopes and dreams. What you want out of life, your future desires. In other words, do you want to finish life with your spouse till death do us part? Based upon your future hopes and dreams, what is the wise thing for you to do today? Because finishing strong in marriage doesn't happen by accident. Ask anyone who's been married numerous years. No, it doesn't happen by accident. So what do you want? Do you want to finish strong as a parent? Do you want to have children as young adults that still want to come around and be around you? Well, then what's the wise thing to do today and how you're parenting? Do you want to have some financial margin in the future? Then what is the wise decision to make today? So let's put all of this together. 2019, best year ever. Here's the question. Go to that next slide, would you please? 
in light of my past experience, current circumstances, future hopes and dreams, what is the wise thing for me to do? Let me say it again. In light of my past experience, in light of my current circumstances, and in light of my future hopes and dreams, what is the wise thing for me to do? Because nobody plans to mess up their lives. Just nobody plans not to. And good things just don't happen by accident. Again, Psalms 1 talks about aligning ourselves in such a way that we can become the people that God desires us to be and position ourselves for future blessing. But here's the challenge with this question. It is a threatening question. It is a threatening question because it forces us to acknowledge how we have been fooling ourselves. And the easiest person for me to deceive is me. The easiest person for me to lie to is me. The easiest person to deceive is me. The person that has the greatest potential to derail the life I want for myself is me. And this question causes us to look through the smokescreen, get past the facade, and if we will answer it honestly, maybe it requires getting some other people in our circle to help us answer it honestly, but if we answer it honestly, we will begin to foolproof our lives, and you will be on the road to making 2019 the best year ever. You know how the best year ever comes? You know how best comes? The same way that bad came. You sow and reap your way there. It's one small decision at a time. It's one small step at a time. It's one thing of wisdom at a time until eventually you begin to position yourself on a path that will move you forward. Do not be foolish. Stop talking yourself into things that you shouldn't be doing. Stop talking your things, yourself out of things that you should be doing. And Paul leaves us with this advice. Be careful where you step because the days are evil. And if you just drift with the current, it will land you somewhere that you do not want to be. And 2019 will be just like 2018. But you're smarter than that. And you have the Holy Spirit inside of you that's prompting you now to have a new filter to push you forward, to begin to gain wisdom and insight that will position you to make this the best year ever. Amen? Stand with me, will you? Just take a moment. Just take a moment and ask the Holy Spirit to speak to you. Listen what the Spirit of God might be speaking to you right now. I believe he'll be specific about something. Look, for someone right now, you just got the twins, you, or that, that, that feeling, that little, uh, that like, uh, I, I know, and you already dismissed it. And that was the Holy Spirit saying, this is not wise what you're doing. Uh, I don't know who, I think it's someone on the right side of the room. That sounds odd to many of us, I understand, it's just a feeling that I have. I think it's the Spirit of God speaking to me um, in that first section that you already had a Holy Spirit moment, drop something in your mind, in your spirit, and you already dismissed it because in your flesh you want it. And I think there's just a, a warning of God saying, if you pursue that, the results will be the same as the past. And there's an invitation to you 
to turn and move the other direction. So Lord, whoever that is, there may be many people, but I believe there's, feel strongly that there's at least one person that, that you came quickly to them and they dismissed it quickly. And I pray for them to say yes to you. I pray they would say yes to you and yes to your Spirit's leading. I would ask that all of us would run our future decisions, our future opportunities, who we invite into our lives, that we would run it through this grid in light of my past experience, in light of my current circumstances, in light of my future hopes and dreams, in light of what you say is best for me. What is the wise thing to do? And then would you give us wisdom and would you give us the ability to be honest with ourselves? And I bless you, church. I bless you that this would be the best year ever, but best doesn't happen by accident. I bless you to experience more of God's love, more of God's power, more fruitfulness in your life, more of God's favor. I bless you to experience more of Christian sacrifice, of sacrificing ourselves for the sake of others. I bless you to experience the life that God has set aside for you, that you would be on the path to making this the best year ever. I pray in Jesus' name for all of us. Amen. Amen. Listen, if you're a guest, I'd love to meet you here on the first Sunday of the year. Come on up. I'd love to say hello. Uh, If you'd like prayer, come on up. If I've never met you before, I'd love to meet you. Come back next week. We'll continue the series. It's going to be a powerful one. Invite some people back. God bless. Don't forget to pick up your six-pack invitation cards or scan the bulletin. I've been watching. I've been waiting.